Hello, you guys, and welcome to the Daily Slay Show, where we come together to slay your life. I'm Jamie King, aka The Slay Coach, and I am a mom of three with anxiety and ADHD who's built a multi-seven-figure business without a college degree. I'm here to slay in the trenches with you. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to help you fix yourself. Now, I am on a mission to document progress, not perfection, and to share the messy in between in hopes to help you make your mess your message. Now, I can't promise that every day will be a win, but I can promise that the only way for you to lose is to quit. So if you can commit to yourself, I promise to commit to you here. Let's do this and let's slay 2023. Hello, Slayer friends. I'm so excited you're here. I have an amazing guest for you today, a dear friend of mine, former client, amazing badass, lawyer extraordinaire, law firm owner, author, speaker, shall I go on? (laughs) Mom, um, divorcee, and a divorce lawyer, all the things. So Renee Bauer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamie. I'm tired just listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long list. Um, But can you just tell us a little bit of backstory? I love, love, love your story of being a divorce attorney and then the women you were helping and now the events and the book. And obviously, I want to talk about the book and just how we can help our listeners get to know the book deal process and the writing process. But for a little backstory before we get to all of that. Can you tell them about your journey as a divorce attorney? So being a divorce lawyer was something that happened by accident. It was never my intent to go to law school to go into divorce law. Like I wanted to be a lobbyist. I wanted to go to DC. I wanted to work in politics. I wanted to work on Capitol Hill. And like now that I look back and like I watch the news, I'm like, oh my God, I would have been eaten up and like spit out. Thank God that did not happen. But I landed in a job with a firm who they did divorce law, but they did a lot of criminal and the divorce cases were the ones that they did not want to handle. So they got, you know, when you're the low man on the totem pole, you get handed all the the crap cases. And those were the ones that I took on and I ended up really liking because I felt like I could actually impact people's lives in a way that was not beyond, it was beyond the law. It was beyond going to court. It was okay, I have someone who's so stuck. How can I help them get through that and get over it? And then something really funny happened is I got divorced and I understood what being divorced, what the process feels like in a way that I never did before. And then I went on and got divorced a second time. And now the shame just piled on. So as I'm going through my own professional life and working through my own struggles, trying to reconcile that I had failed marriages, what that said about me, what that said about my future, if I was worthy of a loving relationship, I realized like if I'm the one having this conversation, there must be other people doing the same thing and tormenting themselves. And then I realized I had to actually speak out and talk about my journey because I kept it so bottled up because I wanted to come across as the the ultimate professional. And if you're a professional, you don't talk about your personal stuff. You go in and you do your job. But when I actually started sharing my story, talking about the shame, talking about the two divorces in a way that was unapologetic and not embarrassed by it, that's when I then people started to come out and say, like, that's my story too. Me too. Thank you for sharing it. And I realized that the work was just getting started. 
And it really had little to do with what was on the divorce agreement and everything to do with someone's mindset and what was going to happen on the other side and how they took that divorce as an opportunity for their next version of their life. I love that. And that's one of my favorite things. I'm not a divorcee, but I was engaged and I do have a baby daddy (laughs) and like some similar (laughs) struggles with like child support and custody and agreements and negotiation. And so there's even for me, not getting married, there's a lot of shame because it's not talked about a lot of like, well, just in random conversations, I'll go to dinner and some be like, well, like assume that Dustin is Jocelyn's father and just having to go and tell the story and like owning that story and you own it so beautifully and give women permission to own their past and not allow it to define their future. So can you tell me a little bit about how your experience as a divorce attorney, as helping women getting over and getting through divorce has shaped what you're doing now with your events and your book? So I got to a point where I was helping these women go through divorce. I had a Facebook community. I had a divorce course. And and I was hearing the same conversations over and over again that actually had nothing to do with their marriage. It wasn't about their toxic relationship. It wasn't about their parenting plans. The problem that they were having was a worthiness problem. And it was feeling like they were entitled to a life that they love. And a lot of women, Jamie, don't like to take risks. They feel like if they're not safe and if it's uncomfortable, they're not going to do it. And that was the heartbreak. It wasn't the broken marriage. It wasn't the divorce. Who cares about that? It was heartbreaking for me to see like here a woman living their entire lives in a place from being stuck because they were afraid of taking a leap. So I thought, well, what could I do to help them change that perspective? Because once they change that, then the divorce is easy. Starting the business is easy. Leaving the job that they hate is easy. Moving across country, like those things get much easier when you get really used to being uncomfortable and taking big leaps. And that was the whole premise behind She Who Wins and the She Who Wins Summit, the live events was let's bring women together to a place where they're surrounded by other badass women doing really bold things, standing on stage speaking. And if anyone's a speaker, it's scary. It's it's terrifying to do that, but they're pushing through their fear. And then and has, watching them and, and watching people at a place where they maybe want to be, and maybe they feel a little bit more confident about taking that step forward. And, you know, bringing really supportive women together, because I think so often in the work culture, we see that people talk about that women aren't helping each other. And that hasn't been my experience because I, you and I live in this space in this digital world where women are awesome. Like they truly want to see other women succeed, but that's not everyone else's experience. Yeah. And I wanted to bring those other women who didn't have the, that, 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 um, that experience with women or in their workplaces, bring them together and be like, this is the way it can be if you put yourself in the right rooms and you surround yourself with the right people. But that has to be a conscious choice to do that. And you have to, they have to decide that that's what what is for them and not just sit back and let, you know, let life happen to them. Yeah. And it's so important. And I think as entrepreneurs, we are, it's ingrained in us early on in our development of our business journey that you invest in yourself. You put yourself in the rooms with people that are smarter than you, stronger than you, more supportive. You you put yourself in these circles to network, to build connections, to learn from others, 
to commiserate even with others, to just, you know, vent and cry and support one another. And, but also to have a safe space to be positive and to share your wins. And I think what hasn't, what I haven't seen yet fully translate to like the quote unquote real world or the people that aren't entrepreneurs is that supportive village of like, people need that space. We need a village of judgment-free, guilt-free, just able to be fully expressed as ourselves. Um, And how do you think that we can start to spread that message to people who aren't entrepreneurs that are maybe playing it safe or around a lot of negativity? What would you say to someone who doesn't really have a village of support right now? I... It's it's you start small. So you start having conversations and, you know, people say that social media is has all of this this bad stuff and we're worse off for it. But I have had so many really impactful relationships form on social media. So find your tribe there. There are a lot of people who hold, who have private Facebook groups and join that tribe around and, and put yourself in those rooms first. Those are really easy an easy, easy way to immediately get around those people. I mean, I'm a huge fan of personal development. So listen to the people who are speaking, the who inspire you. Um, listen to the podcasts of the people who are, you know, talking the talk and follow them and unfollow the other people. So, you know, that's the easiest the first step. But then the second thing is you take that leap and put yourself, like you host live events, put yourself in that room, find an event where it might be really uncomfortable because you're going alone and you don't know anyone, but you're like, I'm going to go anyway. And I'm going to meet one person, just one connection. And let me see what happens from that connection. That's how it starts. And the next thing you know, you'll be seeking it out because you're going to be hungry for it. You want more. You're like, if I met this one really cool person, maybe I can meet five more at the next event. And before you know it, all of the people who really don't have a really good purpose in your life start to drop off. And they fall away. And now you're surrounded by people who are really supportive, who want to help you succeed, who ask you, how can I help you and truly mean it? And then once you start to do that, then you realize like there's nothing I can't do because I'm so supportive. Yep. And it, it makes a huge difference. Even just one person in your life that you can celebrate with or commiserate with and not in like a complainy way, but just say, Hey, is, do you struggle with this too? Just finding people with common goals, dreams, visions for your life and putting yourself in the rooms with those people is really freaking scary, but it's so worth it. Um, at the end of the day, if you are a purpose driven person, or if you are still trying to find your purpose, get in rooms with other people who are trying to find their purpose. So I want to segue a little bit into the book and Tell us a little excerpt about what the book's about. And and then I want to ask you some questions about how, if someone's ever thought about writing a book, how they even get started on that journey. This is my favorite thing to talk about because it's been such a journey and it has not been the easy one. Because You'll see people talk about like, oh, I magically ended up with this six-figure publishing deal and they came to me. Well, that's not my story. You know, like I have the gritty story behind it. So my book, She Who Wins, is coming out in 2023. And that book was written because we first, my agent first pitched a divorce book. And as I was sitting with our book proposal, 
I reached out to her one day. I'm like, if I got a deal tomorrow, I do not want to write this book. And I'm like, I do, it's not, it doesn't like, it's so, it's so niche down to divorce. And I felt like, like we were talking about, there was a bigger thing at play here. I'm like, that's the book I want to write. And she kind of, you know, she rolls her eyes at me. She's like, all right, like, give me the proposal you want me to pitch. And so that was the She Who Wins proposal. And I wrote this book from like, you know what, I'm, I'm a recovering good girl. Like, what does that look like when you grow up in a, uh, at going to Catholic schools, wanting to please your parents, wanting to never like, you know, you get good grades, like never been arrested, like, you know, like, like doing all of the things following that path. And where did it land me? It landed me twice divorced. And what did I have to do to overcome that? And how could I help other people through that process? Because the minute you drop all of that people pleasing and the minute you set boundaries and you do all that work, that's when you start to actually live your life, not for somebody else. And that was the book that I wanted to write. Yes. And I love it. I'm so, so excited about it. But also just with your past experience as a divorce attorney, there's going to be bits of information that are helpful for people going through a divorce. Like it doesn't have to be the divorce book. Like you said, it's divorce book gets really niche into the schematics of how and what to do. And when really it's an inner journey that we're all on. Um, And I want to hear a little bit more like about your process of when you decided, okay, I want to write a book and I want to go big. How did you find an agent? Like, what did you, who, what rooms did you put yourself in? And when, when, how did that like idea come in your head? Yep. So I, I had previously self-published, I had did a hybrid publishing and then I published a book with a really small press that was in my state. So the reach was really within the boundaries of my state. So I wanted, I knew I wanted the traditional deal and people were saying, well, just self-publish again because the chances of getting an agent or getting a publisher are so slim because it's so hard. And I, I just, I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to, to write another book. I really want it to be traditional. So but what I didn't write a nonfiction book. I actually wrote a mystery book and that's how I got my agent. So I started, I went to uh, the writer's digest conference in New York city. It's massive. Um, if anyone is a writer, great place to go to listen to uh, how to query agents, how to get publishing deals, the craft of writing. And they have a pitch session where you get to step into a room that was intimidating as hell because there was probably a hundred agents and publishers there. And you get to walk around the tables and pitch your books And they'll ask for more information. I never got my agent there. I walked away with like some, some interest, but nothing ever ended up panning out. So you just hit the ground running and you just start cold emailing agents. And that's what I did. And it took 113 rejections before I got that one yes. And it was, you know, you get to a point, the first 10 rejections are like, you know, you take it to heart and you're like, oh, and then by the time you get to 50, you're like, whatever, like you start to like build up a tough skin around it. But I ended up with an agent who really was my perfect match to sell a fiction book that we never sold. And I went to her and I'm like, you know what? I have this idea for a nonfiction book. She's like, all right, put it together um, and send it. And she's not a nonfiction agent. Like her, her really her specialty is fiction. Um, she's like, but let's do it. So she's like, I support you. So we had to submit a proposal, which when you, when you're submitting for, when you do fiction, you have to have the whole book written. When you, when you're trying to publish nonfiction, you just need a proposal, which is probably as hard as writing the damn book, but it has to have like the concept, the marketing plan, your comps, 
um, a first couple chapters, an outline. And that's what the publisher uh, sells. So it was actually on my birthday last year that she called me. Uh, she texted me. She's like, can you talk? And I'm like, she never, we don't, we're not text buddies. Like, unless it's something like she has to say. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, I can talk. And so I was in Maine. There wasn't any service. So I'm like trying to call her. She's like the phone, you know, my phone keeps dropping. I'm, I'm like walking around with my phone over my head trying to get service. I finally get her on the line and she's like, how's your birthday? And I'm just like, Anne, like, tell, like dude, you're not calling me to ask me how my birthday is. Like, what is up? And she told me that we had a, an offer to buy the book. Um, and so, and then the real work starts because then you actually have to write the book. Yep. Yep. And how long was that process for you? It took me three months. Three months. And to write it. It took me five years to write my fiction book. And it took me three months to write this one. So can you tell me a little bit about like your routine and the goals that you set for yourself to get it done in a specific time? Um, I, I can't say that I had a routine. I am like a sloppy writer. Uh, you have some people who are like have their walls plastered with post-it notes and everything is planned out perfectly. Well, when I looked at the outline that we had submitted and sold, I hated the whole thing. And so I went back to my agent. I'm like, do you think she would care if I completely changed up the book? She's like, I don't think so. Like, just do what you're going to do. And I completely changed everything in the book um, and rewrote it. I trashed the couple sample chapters. I'm like, I don't like them anymore. Yeah. So that's how I operate is like, I sit down and I'm like, what am I feeling? Yeah. Um, and then I just put, pa- I just put words on paper and let things kind of form. I'm not a good planner. Like I'm a, let me just get it all out and then I'll organize it. Um, but then I took myself away. I went to an Airbnb for a week and that's where I did most of my work because I can't, I always have to change my scenery. So if I'm in a different place and I like light candles and lay the crystals out and do all the things. And then I sat there for a week straight and worked like, I mean, talk about hyper-focus. I know you just had like a hyper-focus moment. Like that's hyper-focus on overdrive is what I did that week to, um, to finish it. Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody, especially if you're a mom and I know your kid is a little older now, Mm -hmm. but like just getting out of your life where your kid lives, where all of their stuff is, where your stuff is, where you're looking at the dishes and the laundry that needs to be done. And it's just so freeing to lock yourself into a room. That's what I say. Anyone that wants to build a course, write a book, create content, have a day, one day a month or get a whole week. And I, that's what I have always done to create as a mom has been getting brief periods of time alone where I can just hyper focus. And I read my, I bought my husband, uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights. And he talked, Oh, I heard that was good. It's really good. I mean, he said it was really good. I didn't read it. I read excerpts of it, but he said in the book that he locked himself in a room for 13 days and finished it start to finish like, or 11 days or something like that. It was like a week and a half. And yeah. I mean, like it doesn't have to be hard. We make these things hard. I've been writing my book for three years and it keeps changing. And that's why I keep starting over. Yeah. No, I don't like that. Scrap that. <laughs> and this year I've set aside a goal to just lock myself in a room for a week and just get it all done. And yeah, yeah that's how I would do it. So if you could tell us a little bit about the event coming up, because I know you did the first one and it was a big success and a big hit with everybody. But as someone who does events, I know how hard it is emotionally, physically, um, spiritually, just taxing, but it's so worth it at the end. So can you tell us about the event and what it's about? 
Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's the first one. I didn't know what the heck I was doing and I went in blindly and that was probably the best thing that ever happened. Cause had I known the level of planning and coordination, I would have, I would not have done it, but I did it and I planned it on such short notice. And, uh, we had such incredible feedback that I'm like, all right, we're going to do this again, except we're going to do it bigger. And we're going to go to a a venue that is has so much going on around it and people can make it a destination. So it's happening at Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut on April 28th and 29th. And this year we brought in just some freaking badass speakers. You're one of them. Um, people are speakers are coming in from all over the country and it is for, um, especially for entrepreneurs who have these ideas and they just don't know how to execute on them or they've sort of gotten stuck at a certain place in their business. And maybe they've, maybe they're just creeping up to six figures and they don't know how to get over that hump. We have a business strategy day just for those, um, for those people, but it is about inspiration. It's about motivation. It's about walking away with something that they absolutely will execute in their life on that Monday. Um, and that's the most important piece of all of it. It's not, I've gone to so many events where, you know, it's rah, rah, you feel good, but what do you do with that on Monday? And that's been the goal is if everyone leaves with one item, one action item, that is something that's scary and it's uncomfortable and it's exciting and it's terrifying, but they're going to do it and they know they can, and they're going to be held to it and they're going to be accountable for it. Then that was a success. So the event is a lot of women, we have workshops, we have some really um, secret entertainment that is, is coming in that I'm not letting out because I'm so excited for it. Um, so you can attend either the main day event, that's the one that you're speaking at, which is where all of the fun happens. And then there's an add on day for Friday, which is much smaller, like that's get to work, we're gonna put our heads down and work on your business and in your business and work on some strategy stuff. I love that so much. And also, I think these events are super important for entrepreneurs people that are just getting started and putting yourself in the rooms. Because I, when I did network marketing, I was a beach body coach, like a network marketer for a year before I saw any success in my business because I was not inspired or motivated and I didn't know what to do. Or I was telling myself, I didn't know what to do or how to do it. So I went to my first conference and that was the catalyst that changed the rest of my life. It was a Beachbody conference. Yeah. It was a fitness conference, but they also had a lot of speeches about business and how to start your business. And the next month, I like skyrocketed to the top rank in the company and it was like a big deal. And I did it so fast. After a year, I had done nothing. And so like my Beachbody business blew up. I'm not doing that anymore. But like in-person events, that is why I started my sleigh brand business with events. It's because that is the stuff that no one talks about. And it's so underrated. And it is the number one thing that will move you forward in life and business. I, you know, I'm like, I, I'm so, I'm not upset. I'm, I wish, I wish I had invested in myself sooner because I have, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years now. Um, I've had my business and for the first 15 of them, I was doing it all on my own. Like, you know, my head was down. I wasn't part of masterminds or groups or anything like that. It was just like, oh, I'm doing this journey on my, on my own and I'm going to figure it all out by myself. Well, how silly is that? Because there is such a huge community of people. Your community is incredible. 
um, of, of people out there willing to help you. Like you ask a question, someone, I, I, you know, I just needed a new accountant and I put it into a group of men. I'm like, Hey guys, I need a new accountant who I can trust. It was like within seconds, it was like ping, ping, ping. Here are all my recommendations of people who, of, of people that they like and they use. So there's so many, there's so much value, you know, for, for, practical stuff like that. And then just from, for your emotional health, well-being of when you get stuck or when you think like things are impossible. Like it's just, it's, I, I think that my business would have grown faster sooner had I done that that much sooner rather than wait for so long. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I'm mad at myself too. And it only took me a year. And then, and it's like, it's hard because you do have to sacrifice your time to go out of town and to plan it and to be there and to be nervous and to be like, oh, I don't yeah. know anybody here. You have to be willing to meet strangers. And that is scary, but it's so rewarding. So as we wrap up here, can you define for me, one last question, mm-hmm. how do you define winning? Winning. So winning is waking up every single day and not dreading what the next 24 hours looks like. It's about doing things from a place of joy having fun with it and wanting to do it and wanting to challenge yourself and it's not being stuck. And it's the winning is the complete opposite of being stuck. Yep. And, and I totally agree with that. And we have such similar mottos and similar vibes and winning and slaying and the -hmm. brand you have built is so powerful and so inspiring. And I say, you're not a regular lawyer. You're a cool lawyer. (laughs) I take that as a compliment. And and I think your permission slip that you've given good girls out there is unmatched because there are a lot of people that aren't like me that have always been like, I'm, I attract a lot of rebels. You are the good girl answer to what this world needs for women who need permission (laughs) to, to be a little messier, to show up messy, to do it imperfect and take risks. So where can they find you? Uh, Instagram is my favorite place to hang out and they can find me at Ms. Renee Bauer, or if they're interested in the summit and seeing you in action, they can join us at shewhowins.com. Yay. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. And I will put the link to everything in the show notes, you guys, so you can find Renee and I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for listening. If you found this helpful, tag me and I will slay you again later. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You guys, please remember to go download all of the new episodes all at once. And once you have done that, fill out the form in the link in our show notes, and we are going to send you a little sleigh goodie bag. That's right, for free. The first 100 people to leave a review and download all these episodes is going to get a pop socket and a little gift from me, a little surprise. I can't tell you what it is yet. Shipped to you, everyone in the United States that does this, we are shipping it out for free. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you feel called and want an extra entry into a giveaway for a hundred dollar gift card, please tag us on social media and you can tag me at the Slay Coach and Jamie Jocelyn King and the Slay School. Either one will enter you into an hundred dollar Amazon gift card and we appreciate you so much for listening and I will slay you again later.